Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome along to this week's edition of the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast. I'm not your host, Kevin Byrne. <laughs> well, actually, Simon McGuire sitting in for Kevin Byrne, who's sitting directly across me. Kevin, how are you? I'm good, Simon. And yourself, how are you keeping? Very good, thanks. Very good, thanks. Listen, let's get straight into it. You were down at the uh, Katie Taylor uh, conference on Monday. Um, how did it feel? Big to- is big time boxing back in Ireland? Big time boxing is coming back to Ireland by the looks of things all right. Yeah, it never really went away. There has been plenty of shows in Dublin over the years. But it hasn't taken place at the three arena since 2014. Matthew Macklin against Highland, uh, a fight that ended in defeat for the home guy at the time. Um, but it hasn't returned since. Katie Taylor was at the mansion house to discuss her homecoming, uh, if any she's boxed in before. Katie's kind of boxed all over the place, but in, in her professional life, she's boxed all over the world and hasn't got to box here in Ireland. 22, 22 fights, 22 wins, none of them in Ireland. We thought she was going to be a game changer at the start of her career for Irish boxing. And she kind of has. She's risen the profile of the sport here. But she's been more of a game changer on a world stage for women's female boxing. So now there's another game to change, Irish domestic boxing. And look, the work has already begun. And uh, you caught up with a few people down there, did you? I did. We're calling this episode um, Cutting No Corners because I talked to uh, I talked to both the coaches from both teams and some of the other, the great and good that were in the crowd. But I want to run through a few stats before we cut to the interviews today, Simon. Yeah, just a couple of them. Katie Taylor hasn't fought in Ireland since uh, 2016. She beat USA's Queen Underwood at the Brandon Hotel and Spa in Tralee in 2016. Pre-Olympic Games, which didn't go all to plan, but um, I think her, her promoter, Eddie Hearn, is under the impression that she hasn't fought in Dublin since 2009. At the same arena, the three arena, when Bernard Dunn beat Ricardo Cordoba on a famous fight on a famous night. Here's another one, Simon. Taylor Taylor versus Cameron will be the first undisputed world title fight to be held on the island of Ireland since Rinty Monaghan drew with Terry Allen in Belfast 74 years ago, 1949. I, I can believe that, though, to be fair. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it, though? Like, I mean, obviously, back in the day, every world champion effectively was undisputed. Rinty Monaghan was Ireland's last undisputed world champion. Then there was others who held belts, held portions of world championships, Johnny Caldwell, you know, Barry McGuigan, Steve Collins, Dave Boy McCauley, all the way up to Wayne McCullough, Eamon Loughran, Andy Lee, et cetera, et cetera. Katie Taylor, had had she fought any of her fights, even a title defence in Ireland in the last couple of years, would have counted as an undisputed world title fight. But now she goes in as the challenger to become a two-way undisputed world champion. It's, it's phenomenal stuff, really. 
Taylor has fought British opposition on nine occasions so far, eight times in the amateurs and once in the pros, and she's won them all. So that's a good omen. She's even beaten Chantelle Cameron previously in 2011 in the semifinals of the European Union Championships. Beat her well. And uh, she hasn't lost. And one of her one of her former British rivals, Natasha Jonas, whom Katie Taylor has beaten in the professionals and in the amateurs on two occasions, including the Olympic Games, has been uh, has been sending a few cheeky texts to Chantelle Cameron, a few WhatsApps, giving her a few tips on how to beat beat Taylor. Cameron did not reveal what those tips were, but she had a little smile to herself and she said, "Yeah, loads, loads of little insights, loads of little weaknesses, loads of little tactics." So. Taylor's fighting against uh, Team GB here, not just uh, not just Chantel Cameron. Oh, well, I mean, John was going to send all the tips. She she wants. She did lose all the fights against Taylor, so best of luck to her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I wrote in the paper. I said uh, I don't think Katie Taylor's going to be too worried because yeah, on account of having whitewashed her so far. However, you know, Jonas did give her a good fight in um, in an empty room, and this is not going to be an empty room. This is going to be a packed out three arena atmosphere. It's going to be insane. Uh, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be arrogant about it. It's just, you know, getting tips from somebody who lost isn't, you know, it, it, it reminds me of when the, the Lions went down to New Zealand and the lads were talking, we lean on the Irish players because they beat New Zealand a couple of times. Like, that makes sense. But, you know, getting cheeky texts and tactics off somebody who lost against Taylor isn't exactly, you know. <laughs> Who's a southpaw with a completely different style? Do this, do that. Okay, what if I yeah, can't? Uh, Taylor and Cameron have five opponents in common. And uh, they, like because they've got spotless winning records, they've beaten all five of their common opponents. But they come up, uh, they come up in different different uh, times in their career. They both made their, their debut against Poland's Karina Kopinska. Both beat her on their debut six months apart from 2016 to early 2017. They both fought Vivian Obanoff, the killer. She's doing time at the minute for murder. She killed her husband, but. <laughs> Yeah, she, she killed her. Well, I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh. Serious business. But I she, that was her nickname. <laughs> no, no, no. She's doing time. She killed her husband. But she right. fought. Ta- Katie Taylor beat her in her second fight. That was in Manchester. Uh, took her to point six rounds. Put her down. But uh, Cameron stopped her in the sixth round. I think of eight. A year later, twenty seventeen. Then there was uh, Anahi Esther Sanchez. Taylor won her first world title against her in Cardiff, uh, picking up the WBA World Lightweight title in twenty seventeen. And Cameron would beat her in 2019. Then the second last one, uh, Victoria Noelia Bustos. Katie Taylor beat her at the Barclays Center in 2018 to become unified world lightweight champion. And Cameron beat her on points last May. And then finally, they both fought the American uh, boxer Jessica McCaskill and both won on points. Taylor beat her in her first world title uh, defense, a midweek fight at the York Hall a couple of years back. Cameron beat her last time out to become undisputed world lightweight, light, light welterweight champion. So, yeah, five opponents. Like for Taylor was a dirty one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um, there was a lot of a lot of um, out of the ring stuff. McCaskill's uh, trainer was very vocal. Oh, we got robbed and blah blah blah. I didn't see it like that at all. I thought Taylor, thought Taylor won quite conclusively, but it was the first time in her career she'd ever kind of dropped a round or two. Uh, McCaskill, yeah, was rough and ready. And she she was an unknown at the time, and she's she's gone on to kind of win undisputed world welterweight titles, and you know won a won a host of world titles since. But um, Cameron put manners on her last time out as well, so she comes in in great form, and uh, she's coming in hot. Yeah, so I caught up with both coaches first, Ross Enamite, and second, Jamie Moore, to ask about how they're preparing their respective champions for battle in Dublin. 
How easy is Katie Taylor as an athlete to train? Uh, you know, Katie's highly motivated, so when you have someone who's motivated, it always makes the job easier. And uh, that's, I think, this fight in particular, because there's, you know, Cameron herself has kind of thought that Katie would never take this fight, and she's kind of made those assumptions where Katie always wanted to fight. So just hearing stuff like that, and then there's some people in the press maybe doubting Katie, and that all kind of works to our advantage because when you doubt her, she gets motivated, and a motivated Katie Taylor is dangerous. Um, she's, I would say, more fired up about this fight than she was going into the Serrano fight, so I'm looking forward to it. Do you almost enjoy it when people write Katie Taylor off and say, oh, she looks old, or she's finished, or she's past it, or you know, maybe she should retire soon? 100%. I've shown her clips of how they used to do the same thing to Bernard Hopkins, and then Bernard Hopkins would stand over the ring and stare down the media when he fought Pavlik, when he fought Trinidad. She fought Trinidad, he was 36 years old after 9-11. Everyone thought he was too old. He went on and fought 14 more years after that. So, um, yeah, when they, when they doubt Katie, it definitely she raises her game. Did it change your life when Katie effectively chose you to be her trainer? She'd, she'd had a disappointing Rio Olympics. She was looking to turn professional with Eddie Hearn. Probably the expectation in Ireland was she would have gone to England, maybe trained with Joe Gallagher, who obviously trained her previous opponent, Natasha Jonas. Maybe Jamie Moore might have been in the mix, Chantel Cameron's trainer. People would have been traditionally looking towards Britain and saying, oh, who's she going to end up with? And then she pulls this, this name, uh, I'm going with Ross in America. And between you, you've had 22 fights, 22 wins, undisputed world title. What was it like uh, to, to initially start working with Katie yourself yeah no I mean it's been a pretty it's been a fun ride I don't know you know we we're pretty low-key so I mean my life hasn't changed too much we're just in the gym as usual but uh it's definitely been you know a fun ride and we've had some uh some big nights and there's some big nights still to come though we're aware that Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron have fought before in the amateurs is that anything to uh to look back at it, obviously they're different fighters now. Yeah, I wouldn't say it means too much. She doesn't hardly even remember the fight herself. And, uh, you know, when you're going, I think it's, what, 2011. So if you look back 10-plus years, they've both probably changed a lot as fighters. And just the nature of a pro fight is obviously a lot different. Chantel Cameron has a big engine. You know, sometimes you don't get to see that in an amateur fight. The fight's over before that even kicks in. So she's obviously going to try to make it a grueling type of fight and try to wear us down and use her size and use her engine and get us against the rope. So totally different matchup from what you would have seen in an amateur fight where you got three rounds to score points. Does Taylor's experience of uh, like being involved in wars, like with, Chant with uh, Pursun on two occasions, and she's had some other tough fights, like even Serrano recently, does that, is that going to stand to her when... You know, the, when the going gets tough against Cameron? I think 100%. I mean, if you look at female boxing, nobody's even close as far as depth of resume when you look at who Katie's fought. I mean, she fought Pursun twice, McCaskill, Leonard Atal, Natasha Jonas, Saran. I mean, you can go up and down the list. Like, these are all, you know, like, if you look at the top 10, whatever the pound-for-pound -pound rankings are, she's beat four or five of girls in that list alone. So no one has the experience that she has on top of the skill set. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going on like the quote conversation or the pound for pound conversation. I kind of find it a bit tiresome. But at the same time, Clarissa Shields makes the point that, oh, you know, no one's ever come close to me, whereas Taylor has had tight fights, lost rounds and stuff like that. But I guess is there also on the swings and roundabout side of it, she has fought so many members of the top 10. She has a more competitive division, Listen, more challenges. Like Clarissa Shields is phenomenal. Like you can't deny that. But at the same time, I think when you look at athleticism and a woman, 
like their body tends to be more along the lightweight size. So you're always going to have deeper competition around lightweight, you know, whether you go down five pounds or up five pounds. Whereas when you start to get up to middleweight, there's just not as many girls. I mean, if you go to box rec and look how many middleweight females there are, there's a handful. So Katie's fighting in and amongst the toughest divisions. So obviously the competition's steeper. You're going to have closer fights. You're going to have tougher fights. Obviously dealing with the emotional baggage of a fight like this, the, the homecoming in Dublin, the, the atmosphere is going to be, I think it's going to be absolutely insane having been at the Bernard Dunn versus Ricardo Cordoba fight at the same uh, venue when Katie was on the undercard. The atmosphere was absolutely unbelievable. Most fighters, you'd have to maybe carefully manage how they deal with that emotionally. But I think with Taylor, given her experience in such big events, you probably have an easy night's work on that front, maybe. I, I mean, it's exciting to be here, but... Boxing's unique where when the bell rings, it's just you and your opponent, so you got to fight. So I don't think Katie's really too worried about what the crowd's doing. I mean, when, when we fought Serrano, there were several rounds where we couldn't even hear the bell. There's actually a round in that fight where Katie told Amanda that the bell rang, and they both took a step back. Neither one of them knew the, the, the round was over, and they were still fighting. Shaggy said the bell rang, and they went, oh, and they stepped back. <laughs> Are you trying to roar instructions in from the, from the side at the time? Or yeah, like we're yelling, but we couldn't hear the bell. I didn't know the rhyme was over myself. We could hardly hear the bell. It, I mean, so it's not, I, I can't imagine it's going to be louder than that. I mean, obviously the difference would be it'll be more pro Katie Taylor, where that was kind of down the middle with Puerto Rico and Ireland. But I think it's going to be exactly like that, if not louder. Yeah, I louder, think it's going to be. It's going to be all pro Katie, which is obviously a huge plus. And, um, you know, I mean, you don't, no one's going to actually say it, but I mean, it, it definitely, it's nice to have home field advantage as far as you know people supporting you and screaming for you I mean you got to feed off the energy a little bit whether you admit it or not Cameron wants to go to war her and her trainer have said we went after we met you and Katie in one room we went across as a press pack and met Cameron and Jamie Moore and they're not looking for a boxing match they're looking at they've been looking at all of Taylor's fights say they've seen one or two weaknesses we're highly respectful of Taylor and her career and the work you guys have done together but they said they've found one or two weaknesses they are going to try and make it a war they are probably feeling as well Katie, Katie Taylor has home advantage win on points you know a tight decision is going to be difficult they got to make this like a dogged war of attrition like number one there's not a female I don't think on the planet that could ever stop Katie Taylor I mean she's got a tremendous chin and you know you can even just see in the Serrano fight as far as heart goes like she's got more heart than anyone could ever imagine um, as far as weaknesses you know someone with Katie's pedigree, you know, doesn't really have a weaknesses, a weakness, you know. Now, she's had fights, more than one world title fight, where Katie's actually fought, where people have no idea with a torn calf, or like most people couldn't walk themselves to the toilet. You know, she's gone and done 10 rounds, so. Taylor has. Taylor has, yeah. Which so, fight was that? I'm not gonna talk about fights, but Katie's been in the ring with a torn calf. No one ever knew about it, because, you know, we, we don't, we're quiet, we don't put things on social media, we just go about our business. But So when you talk about heart and where she's willing to go to get a win, like she has depth that people can only imagine. So right now, she's 100% healthy and she's fresh. So you know they can look at whatever fight they want to look at, but I know for myself, we're fresh and we're 100% healthy and ready to go. So I'm excited for the night because it is going to be a boxing match. You know, and the difference is we have a higher skill set, higher pedigree. So we can win the boxing match, but at the same time, Katie's been in wars, you know, and, and she's prevailed. So it's one thing to say we want to make it this type of fight, we want to make it that type of fight, but Katie's already been through those fights. So it's one thing to say what you want. She's been there and done that. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Was there any temptation to bring Katie back to Ireland for her training camp? Obviously, it's the homecoming, to give it the homecoming feel, or is everything going to be 
as usual at this stage. Katie lives where she lives in Vernon. You you stay where you stay. You train in the same methods. Nothing changes. Nothing changes from that standpoint because I think it's good to have Katie kind of tucked away. Where like in America, nobody sometimes a lot of people don't even know who she is. So she can yeah, go they've got super. the they've got the champ. They've got yeah. the superstar, and there's it's no that it, sport is so big there with NFL. You know. Major League Baseball, basketball, yeah, yeah, so boxing, you know, there's only a few names that would stick out as, like, someone that is recognizable out at a shopping center, so it's nice to be secluded from that standpoint, but we also have familiarity as far as sparring partners and a routine, so I think, it was, you know, there was no plans to come here, I think it would just be too hectic of a lifestyle. Before Katie Taylor uh, called out Cameron on social media and the fight got made pretty quickly, were you already drawing up plans in place to prepare her to prepare the training camp? Because you got to go to, you got to get the, the appropriate sparring partners and all that sort of stuff. Were yeah. you already like making plans? Uh, once uh, Serrano started talking about backing out, I mean, we I knew Cameron was going to be the next. Predictably person. so. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, and Katie's like, you know, Cameron I think said something like, I thought. Taylor's account was hacked because I didn't think she wanted to fight. Katie's wanted this fight for the last three or four years, you know, so she's always wanted to fight. So I've been I've been saving every one of Cameron's fights since she turned pro. So I have her whole her, uh, a whole folder full of her fights. So I knew the day was coming. So we've watched her closely over the years, and uh, you know it was only a matter of time. What do you do with those clips? Do you sit down and show Katie small bits of them, or do you sit down and watch the entire fights? No, together? she's not big on watching the whole fights. So it's more like I kind of maybe will take something out or show us a 10 second clip it might be or maybe just kind of talk about it sometimes maybe it's just me telling her rather than actually having her sit and watch it but it's good to have you know data to look at i'm joined here by undisputed world like welterweight champion Chantel cameron's trainer jamie moore here welcome to dublin jamie you fought here before welcome back thank you mate love it love, love this place how do you feel today went um what was the what was the plan here to prepare your fighter for coming into uh, enemy enemy territory? It's not as if it's been too, you know, no, it's not been too fraught today. It's all no, been not pleasant. at all. Yeah, and you know, we didn't expect it to be. You know, obviously, you, you see the type of temperament Katie is. She's really laid back, chilled out. Even though she, in a way, called Chantal out on social media, it wasn't in in a nasty or malicious way. There's no animosity there. It's just she wants to fight the best and so does Chantel and that's just the reason why the fight came about. As call-outs go, it's kind of a complimentary one, isn't it? So it I was... want to fight you because you're really very an excellent fighter. Exactly that. And, and that's sort of what Chantel's been doing for years um, and then, you know, it was reciprocated by Katie in the way she called her out. So I like that because... Honestly, this is going to be a phenomenal fight. The styles are going to really blend and you're going to see definitely one of the contenders for fight of the year. That's what I believe. And you don't need all the hype and the bullshit build-up um, when you know the fight's going to live up to the expectations. So Katie and Chantel are really placid characters in the way the demeanor, the way they speak, but they let the fist do the talking. And um, honestly, the fans are in for a real treat. When Chantel uh, turned pro with Matchroom Sports, like the, the whole idea, I suppose, was to build her career almost in the shadow of Katie Taylor, fight some of the same opponents, see how she did against them. And uh, that was even under your predecessor as trainer, Shane McGuigan. They were preparing with a, with a kind of target on Taylor's back. Yeah, yeah. When you kind of took over Chantel Cameron's career, what sort of a fighter greeted you, greeted you when she came into your gym first? Um, so in terms of temperament, exactly like she is now, sort of shy, unassuming, but... God, you put a set of boxing gloves on her and she turns, turns into a monster. And uh, and I like that type of person. You know, the ones who, who don't have to speak about it or boast about it or shout off from, from the mouth, just do the work and, and, and put in the performances. Um, I think you're right. I think Eddie 
um, definitely seen the potential in there. Um, you, you know, you've always got to look for um, for big fights for, for your fighters. Some, certainly, someone as as, as a bigger superstar as Katie Taylor you have to look at okay she's far and above beyond um, better than the vast majority of female fighters out there so if I can try and get a dance partner who's going to be able to at least compete with her and create a bit of a um, you know an excitement in terms of people not really knowing who's going to win then that's what Eddie's sort of vision has been and and I always knew this fight would happen it was just a matter of when because for that reason you know women's boxing's going from strength to strength but it hasn't got the depth of quality in talent as the men's has because of the sort of duration of time it's been going mm. but you know fights like this my, I, I run uh, I've got an amateur boxing club in Ward, the Ward and ABC in Salford and it's absolutely packed with girls we have a girls only class now on a Wednesday because you know it is in the transition period but we've got girls in the in the open class but we've also got 15 to 20 girls every Wednesday because of Katie Taylor and now you know, in many ways, so so I'd say 70 to 80 percent of them are through Katie Taylor, 20 to 30 percent of them are through because of Chantel Cameron, because it's actually local news to them now, and they're looking at Chantel boxing becoming undisputed, going, I want to be Chantel Cameron, whereas the vast majority of them before that was, I want to be Katie Taylor. So for them girls to see the two idols teaming up against each other and squaring off can only give them motivation and help create and build the sport in the future. You've got a difficult task on your hands, I'd say, preparing for this fight, and uh, I know you're very excited and optimistic about the way the result is going to go. Um, it's going to be, like, Taylor, the one thing she really loves is getting involved in a war. She likes to outbox her opponents and rack up the points, pick yeah. up the rounds, but when it, when things do get a bit hairy, that, she seems to she seems to revel in it. She yeah. seems to bring it on. We've seen her go go deep yeah, against yeah. Pursun, against Serrano. Um, so how do you how do you prepare for that? Because you know that Taylor's comfortable in both situations. Yeah, but I mean, not comfortable necessarily, but she wants it. Doesn't yeah, she? yeah, and and I think you're right. I hundred percent agree with you in, in in the in the fact that she seems to do it on her terms. Even though a lot of people say, oh, you know, she's under pressure and that's why she's holding her feet. She decides to hold her feet. She chooses to hold her feet because she likes having a fight. So she isn't as uncomfortable as some people think she, they are. I've got the same problem in, in, in Chantelle in the sense of um, she likes going after people who get on the back foot and box. So in terms of Katie being comfortable on the back foot and outboxing people, that's a fair assessment. The, the assessment I have of Chantelle is she's comfortable on the front foot hunting people down. So, and then um, when she gets close, she loves fighting on the inside, as does Katie. And that's why I say to her, this is going to be a phenomenal fight because the styles are going to blend so well. I guess... The aim has to be to, to hurt Taylor in the first half of the fight when she's, you know, very comfortable at building up points and building up uh, an advantage to take into the second half of the fight. Is that, is that the yeah, aim success. to go, go to the body? I, I, to, I, I wouldn't say hurt her. Yeah, I wouldn't say hurt her. Um, but you have to have, you have to have success. You have to get her attention. You 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 have to land shots because if you don't, she's just going to run away. And and certainly, you know, people have asked me about am I worried about the decision and stuff because of what happened with Jack Carroll and Josh Taylor. Um, and but you can't really can't take that into into the equation. Um, 
I certainly think, though, that we can't let Katie run away with the first three or four rounds because then we've got a massive hill to climb. So, so Chantel has to get in there, establish herself early, and you know, may, may, maybe we can allow Shan, um, Katie to, to nick the first round. But by the second round, we have to be in the fight. We have to be in there, landing shots, putting her under pressure, and making her know she's in for a hell of a fight. Yeah, and, and things haven't always gone well for the home favourite at the three arena either. Like Bernard Dunn got knocked out twice there. Um, yeah, yeah. Watch. And Kiko Martinez came, and your old friend Matthew Macklin as well had a yeah, big homecoming yeah, there yeah. and got stopped by. Uh, the Argentinian guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So things haven't always gone well. Well, and, and, the and you know, the, the, and that might be a little lucky omen for there you. Is, and there's a few omens though, so I was just talking to Brian Peters and he said, um, he's not been beaten as a manager for seven years. And I said, well, there's only that, there's always that seven year itch, Brian. So, so, so there's a few little omens going our way. Um, I, I don't look into them. I, I look into the controllables. What can I control? I can control how Chantel trains and how, you know, the, the type of training camp we have. Um, and all I can do is get in the best physical um, shape she can be in mentally that's I think the most important thing really, really at this stage is she has to be mentally ready because this is going to be a huge occasion not just a huge fight a huge occasion and you fought in Dublin before yourself as a pro yeah I, I, I won the Irish title um, look, luckily for me uh, my mum's side of the family are Irish and so so no, Kilkenny. Kilkenny. Yeah, Kilkenny. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I've been fortunate enough to box here. Um, I've been here many times for the boxing in the past. So, to, to be part of such a huge occasion, I feel blessed. Right. And I'm so looking forward to it. Well, Kev, it's, it's pretty uh, clear that um, the, the Cameron camp are very respectful to Katie Taylor. And, you know, they, they praise what she's done for women's boxing. And they're delighted to be here. But they're here to win. They are the champion. Katie's the challenger. You know, uh, which is quite surprising. Yeah, there's, there's all this. There's, they're playing a very respectful game in Dublin there during the week. Oh, Katie Taylor's the queen, and I think they're trying to kill her with a bit of uh, kill her with a bit of kindness here. Like it, they have been seeking this fight for a couple of years. They have been looking for the fight, and they have been and they've got what they wanted when Taylor herself went public with her call out. She broke all her own usual rules. Doesn't usually play that kind of game, but call for Cameron when Amanda Serrano predictably. Cried off with injury. Not that Serrano isn't a great champion, but when she went for her world, yeah, it had been mentioned on this podcast by yourself previously that you wouldn't be surprised if she got a slight arm injury uh, and waited out till the Crow Park fight. Just enough, September. just enough. You know why? Why? Why do it? But Cameron wants it, and I think um, we're heading for a great fight. I mean, I discussed it as well with some of the traders. The room was packed with the great and the good of Irish boxing. You know, there was even a former world heavyweight champion milling around the place. Joseph Parker was there with a. Uh, with some of his teammates, including Paddy Donovan and uh, and his trainer Andy Lee, who was there knocking about. And uh, before that, before speaking with Andy Lee, I caught up caught up with Pascal Collins, who was there because his fighter Thomas Carty's on the bill, and uh, and the great, the legendary Tony Davis. Pascal, uh, you must be excited about this fight. Um, it seems to have split people and on who's going to win. Well, you can't really get excited about it because. It's kind of it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. But here today now, you can feel the excitement, the buzz. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, i got to take my hat off to Katie for uh, agreeing to this fight. You know, she's, she's up against it, she knows it. She didn't have to take it, but she decided. And also Chantel too. And I mentioned to a couple of guys here, a couple of coaches, you know, years ago, I'd probably get in trouble for saying this, but years ago, you know, the old saying was, you'd offer a fighter a fight. And you refuse, oh, I was too close, I haven't got enough time to train. And you say they're like uh, women, 
And we can't say that anymore yeah. now because the women, it's put up to them and they're saying yes and they're kind of leading the way yeah. for a lot of men. So, you know, i got to take my hat off to both of these for us. I really do. And, you know, I have Thomas Carty on the card. It makes me even more excited. And by being here, I know now he's on the card and yeah. it's been confirmed. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's building and it's, it's going to keep building from here on in. Tony David, of course, you've uh, worked with Katie as an amateur uh, trainer and you've been around the world for her professional career, but now you're only going to have to go down the road 50 miles to watch her fight live in person. As well, as Pascal Collins said there a few minutes ago, right, this fight was on and this fight was off and people didn't know if it was going to be on in Crow Park or uh, on the venue, uh, the, the O2 venue, you know what I mean? But uh, thank God it's on now and everybody's looking forward to it. And I'd say it'll be outstanding night, you know, because Katie, she's moving up a weight, but I don't think that's any problem to her because it's not that much in the difference, you know, in the weight difference, not that much. I don't think it'll be any problem to her at all. But uh, I'd say that she'd be kind of favourite. But, but, but in saying that, it's really a 50-50 fight. Like. Yeah. But I think Katie will come out on top. That's my opinion on it anyway, you know. But, uh, but because I was over with Katie on a good few tournaments, like over the years, like... I was helping Pete and that. I was manager with them and all that. And when it's put to Katie, she, you know, she always comes up trumps, you know. Yeah. I, I've kind of said it myself in the past, and uh, like Katie could have fought the lollipop, the lollipop lady, you know, for this fight because she would have sold out in Dublin yeah. uh, when the Serrano fight fell through. And Frampton made a tweet and said he could, she could have fought his mother. But it turns out that Katie Taylor herself campaigned to get this fight with Chantel Cameron because she only wants to fight the best opponents each and every time and you know Eddie Hearn almost was he was thinking it's, he said it's one of the easiest fights he's ever had to make I suppose what does that say about Katie Taylor's um, her spirit her warrior spirit I well guess, it's not sure. it's not her spirit it's a case of Katie Taylor wants to challenge herself each time and she's got a very strong faith in God and she you know you can see in herself she has so much belief in herself um, you know, if you go to the Hall of Fame, all these Hall of Fame great fighters, not just world champions, all these Hall of Fame great fighters fought the best. They wanted to fight the best. And, um, and, and that's the problem with boxing nowadays is there's promoters putting on fights against guys who are big ticket sellers, um, who bring the crowd and can make the money, but they're not the best fighting the best. And Katie Taylor's taking control here because the promoters would have put her in with somebody like, you know, the lollipop lady, as you say, because they know they would have made money. Mm. But in Katie's character, it shows her character that that wouldn't sit right with her, it wouldn't sit comfortable with her. And as I say, a person of faith lies in bed at night, you know, and they think to themselves, did I do my best today? And as far as she's concerned, did she do her best for her fan base and for boxing? And in my eyes, yes, she did. And she's gone above and beyond at such short notice. So, uh, you know, I've got to take my hat off to her. Lads, I'll ask both of you the same question. You've got Katie Taylor moving up a weight. Now, she has previously won a belt at 140, but she's moving up a weight against a kind of bigger opponent, a strong girl it, who's, who's going to come to fight and make it into a scrap. How, how would you prepare Katie for a fight like this? I know her trainer, Ross Enemy, has a job on his hands to get her ready for this, but Taylor always shows up to camp in, in shape and ready to go. How would you prepare her for this well, 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 Katie is a, a busier fighter. She's a very busy fighter. She gets in, she scores the points, and she continues with that. So I see it as a, a fight of two halves. I think the first half of the fight is Katie building a big lead. So what I'd be doing with Katie is right, you know, we've got to go to survival mode, second half of the fight. I'm not saying she doesn't win any rounds, but here's Cameron's chance to kind of, you know, weigh you down a little with the extra size, you know, plant her feet and throw them shots. So I think what, what has to happen with Katie, you know, in her previous fights to now, I think she's got to work more on defence, but also 
getting inside, time fighters up. You don't have to keep throwing punches. You don't have to, you know, excite the crowd. You've proven that. So now it's down to kind of uh, using your brain here, you know, nipping rounds close and, and resting and keeping it for the say. Like when you, when you watch Sugar Ray Leonard fought Marvelous Marvin Hagler, last 30 seconds of the round, he let the shots go. So first half of the fight, I think Katie's going to win the rounds easy. Second half of the fight, she's got to be kind of in close, tying up her opponent a little, and then last 30 seconds, tap the side of the ring, let her know, and just let the hands go and, and nip the rounds. It's in Ireland. The crowd's going to be behind mm. her. So I think the close rounds will go Katie's favour. And I, I think Katie's going to get the win on the night. All right, Tony. Well, like, uh, well, she she'll prepare the way she always prepares. You know, she gives it a hundred percent. You know what I mean? She won't she won't do anything much different for Chanel. But you know, that's my opinion, right? But as Pascal Collins said there, right? I think it it it'll go the distance, and it'll be because she'll sneak the rounds. She'll sneak the rounds because she she's faster hands than than, than the Cameron girl, right? That that's what I'm thinking. You know and. I say she'll come out on top on a points decision. They fought once, this is the last question, lads. They fought once in the amateurs, 2011. Cameron was just a novice, really, at the time. Yes. Taylor beat her in the U. Does it have any relevance, beating an opponent, no. even if it's 12 years ago? I don't think so. I don't think so, not really. You know what I mean? That Katie was only a young one that time, starting off. I don't think, I, I don't think it was at that fight, right? But she, she, was, she outclassed her, like. But it's a different. It's a different scenario now because the, she has the experience as well. But she, I don't think. I don't think it's going to make any difference. Any relevance in amateur? Yeah. Role? Well. Well. As far as Chantelle is concerned, she's got an extra grind because she's coming off a loss to Katie. So, in her mind, she wants not just to win a you know a unified belt at two different weights, but she also wants to uh, get revenge on Katie. So, as far as Chantelle is concerned, this might be that extra little bit of an edge or that extra bit of push that she might need. Lads, thank you very much for joining us no today. Bother. Appreciate your time. Okay, we're joined by Andy Lee here at the press conference for Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron. The more I spoke to people today, I suppose the more it's dawned on me that we're heading for an absolutely brilliant clash of styles. I think I made the 20th, first and foremost. Yeah, uh, depends on what Katie, Katie's. Um, Katie's probably not her own worst enemy, but she's the. F I know. How to, how to describe it? She loves to get in stuck in a fight, and she, when she feels challenged, um, she can make a fight easy. Katie could by boxing and and using her skill, her footwork, and her punch selection. But to the benefit of, of people watching, she loves to get stuck in too. And when she feels challenged, or in, in a macho sense, she really steps in and steps up for a fight. You know, um, and. Uh, she gets stuck in, so yeah, could you know? It'll probably Katie might try to start out the box, but at some stage she'll get, she'll have to engage. She will engage because that's her personality, and uh, it's a good fight. Yeah, I, you know, Cameron is a very tough fight. Just because she's busy, she's got a good jab, good bounce rhythm on her feet, and throws lots of shots. But Katie's a lot more, more intelligent fighter, I think. And Cameron. Yeah. Taylor has a lot of advantages in terms of like home advantage. If it goes to be becoming a bit of a war, she's really been through that with Serrano and Pursun on two occasions. But also, uh, but also that's miles on the clock. You know, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, mentally she's ready for it. But how many times can you go to a well? And you know, how how much hunger can you how, how can you maintain that hunger? I guess she can maintain it by having these bigger challenges and cha keep seeking out the best challenges. But. Um, yeah, there, there are ups and downs, like 
Dubs now is the fighting at home. A lot of distractions, a lot of noise, a lot of people being... Like, when you're away from home, you're kind of disconnected from all of the... Um, the in noise that, in that respect yeah, yeah, yeah. but also also there's when you go into a tough fight and it's getting hard and there's all the great cheer and good will towards you that's also an uplifting thing so there are ups and downs to fighting at home and there's also ups and downs to being in hard fights quite often yeah and it can just suddenly appear on a fighter's legs and appear on a fighter's body and whoa they've, they've gone to the well too many times mm. has Taylor made the right decision to continue the training camp in America change as very little change as little as possible keep things regular and then come home and you know face the homecoming then. yeah it's what she's done so far it hasn't affected and she's had great success with Ross and they're, they seem to be a great team so yeah I think there's no point to do it's because it's a big fight or a different fight no point to do anything different Excited for it. You fought at this uh, the three arena yourself, uh, CPOS, uh, against yeah, a former yeah, yeah. kickboxer as well, yeah, actually. Yeah. But uh, it was a great atmosphere that night on, uh, in 2009. Bernard Dunn against Ricardo Cordoba. Obviously, didn't go well for him in his, re in his uh, first title defence. But we've seen what the three arena can generate in terms of atmosphere. I think it's going to be a special night. And there's going to be a bit of emotional dealing with for both, both of the fighters. I think Taylor has proven that she can, she can do that having fought at Madison Square Garden. It could be a different challenge for Chantel Cameron, but she seems like the sort of character. I don't think there's going to be too much minding in her in, in those terms. She's going to be fine, I think, under that glare. Yeah. I think so. It'll be, it will be different as well. And it will be, you know, like when, when you fight in America, you can. it's just when she's here, she's getting a cup of tea at the hotel or she's getting, you know, she's everybody she's encountering will be saying, engaging in her with the fight. And you can be a mental burnout a little bit for Katie. So got to be protected in some way, but... Yeah, it's it's and again on another separate point, it's it's great that there's boxing back here, you know, and hopefully it's the start of something good and something that can can, can continue with the likes of Gary Cully and Paddy Donovan and you know try to build these fighters and yeah. so they have a home base here. Um, and so you can commentate on the fights without having to go too far from <laughs> home as well. I know, yeah, looking forward to having all the crew over here and taking them out for a night maybe. Yeah. You know, just just listen to those interviews, Kev. It's great to see that the, there's an excitement back in, in Irish boxing. Um, obviously, you've got the, the Jason Quigley card on April 1st, and then, you know, the build-up to this one's going to be huge as well. And, of course, um, speaking of exciting, Gary Cully's on the card since we're knocking out lads left, right and centre. Yeah, absolutely. Cully was there, and he's, he's kind of moved himself He's moving himself into a little bit of mini superstar range. You can see, you can see his performances on the zone recently have, have been real head turners. A lot of people in boxing are talking about him because everybody's going in with us, knocking him, he's knocking them out. And as well as that, you mentioned Jason Quigley has a show then the week after Dylan Moore in his headline and down in um, down in Waterford a few weeks later, Kira Malloy out in Galway. You have the Katie Taylor show a week later, Michael Conlon's supposed to be having a world title fight up in Belfast. Like both, <laughs> yeah, I was speaking to Joe Ward recently for the newspaper and he was saying how his team are looking to bring him home and have him headline as well. So there's just there's so much talent and um, so many fighters moving into that kind of capability of being able to sell out a show by themselves, like a, maybe like a small show. But there's a couple of big beasts and Katie Taylor is one of them. Michael Conlon is one of them. And it's very clear that Gary Cully is on his way to becoming one of them as well, who can sell out a big, a big show. And maybe he'll... Headline at the three arena one day. Who knows? I did speak to his trainer, Pete Taylor, who was obviously there to support his daughter. He's no longer involved in their team behind the scenes as a, as a boxing coach, but obviously there to wish his daughter well and to prepare his boxer, Gary Cully, for what's going to be a big night in, in Dublin on May 20th. Joined here by Pete Taylor ahead of the fight with uh, 
his daughter Katie Taylor and champion at light welterweight Chantel Cameron. Is it different for the Katie you know to be going in as a challenger? That's not happened very often. Yeah, I've never really thought of it as going in as a challenger, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but I don't think it makes any difference, you know what I mean? The, the, the two of them are champions and at the end of the day, so um, I, I, I don't think either of them will be, looked, will be regarded as a challenger, you know? At last, it's Katie Taylor's homecoming. You must be uh, pretty delighted to see her get a chance to fight at home. 22 fights across the USA mm. and... Uh, and Britain, how much does it mean to you as a family to get to have Katie Taylor fight at home? Ah, look, it's great, and it's just um, it's just a, a pity they didn't get Croker. You know, I mean, obviously this is still great, but I just think this it's still like a taster because it's going to be so many disappointed people. You know, what nine thousand people? I think it holds eight and a half, nine. Eight and a half, nine yeah, yeah, and then you know the tickets are going to be so hard to get. You know, and my my Instagram DMs jammers with people looking for tickets but you know you, you can't get them it's impossible uh, like hen's teeth you know yeah. so that's the only disappointing thing for me is that so many people will miss out on this occasion uh, tactically obviously you're a professional boxing coach now having led Katie Drew throughout her amateur career uh, not in the corner now for her but obviously uh, you're watching every mm. fight and you're, you've been watching Chantel I'm sure yeah what sort of a challenge does this throw for Katie here she's undefeated but this is one of this is going to be one of her greatest tests so far mm. Yeah, I was in the corner before we came with Fort Chantel in the amateurs in the EUs. That's right, yeah. In Poland, we KB her fairly comprehensively, you know. Um, she's um, obviously giving away a lot of weight, a lot of weight now. She'll be giving, you know, when they actually fight on the night, she'll be giving away a good bit of weight because obviously Chantel will go up in the weight and Katie won't. But I think Katie's hand speed will be the, the, the decisive factor, you know. And, um, and I think if... Um, if it comes down, you know, and it's a close fight and it comes down to the last two or three rounds and you have to bite down on a gum shield, well, look, there's no one better than Katie to do that. She's had to do it twice against Bassoons, against Sarana, even against Natasha. Um, so, you know, Katie's well used to that, you she's know. She's got the experience in terms she's of got the experience. going to war because that's exactly what Cameron needs to do and says to us as well, just in the back room that she's going to do. She has to make this a war. Yeah. Do you think Katie's comfortable enough in that environment? Uh, Katie's, you know, and... Um, yeah, and I think she doesn't have the hand speed to make it the war. For, like, I think Katie can, if you, if it's a war, Katie will be at the war because I, I don't think she's the best at fighting in close. Chantel, she's more middle distance fighter, and then if it's a long distance fight, Katie picks it off all day with a hand speed, you know. But look, it's going to be a great fight, and it's going to be a fight whoever holds the tactics the best, you know. You know. In 2011, they fought in the EU semi-finals. Cameron was a novice. I think she was getting a try at 60 kilos. Mm. Tasha Jonas entered at 64 in that tournament, and then they swapped round. And obviously, Jonas went to the mm. uh, Olympic Games. But did you were you impressed by Chantel Cameron back then? She was a converted kickboxer at the yeah. time. Yeah, very I, I, new look, to boxing. I've always been impressed by Chantel. You know, she's um, she's great. I told you, she is a warrior. She is a warrior. And look what she did. She beat Jesse McCaskill very easily. She made McCaskill look like a novice. And um, McCaskill beat Breckers, you know, so um, Breckers had been undisputed for a long time. So, you know, she's impressed every time she stepped up. And uh, look, this, this is a way harder fight than Serrano. Way harder fight than Amanda Serrano, I think. Why? I just think, I think Amanda Serrano was beaten, psychologically beaten after the last fight. I mean, when you're 14 weeks out and you're offered a fight and you say, I can't fight now because I've an injured hand. If you've broke your hand, you're still... You can still, you're still ready to fight, you know, because it takes six weeks to heal. So, how bad is your hand? So, I don't think she was, I think she, Serrano was beaten psychologically before this fight. And um, 
you know, all credit to Katie, like she didn't go for the easy fight, then she says I'll fight Chantel Cameron instead, you know. What would your advice have been? Because I would have said to Katie, fight Heather Hardy, fight someone that, you know, fight an easier fight, it's your homecoming. So would I. Yeah, well, you're getting the same money for it. Yeah, no disrespect to Heather Hardy. I think she would have oh, brought a great entertainment yeah, factor. I look, don't mean it to come across like that. But. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, everyone, every fight's an hard fight and you can't you can't take it easy. But you could have got a lot easier opponents. And she, I think she put, like I said, credit to Katie. She picked the most difficult opponent she could get. You know, the way easy the most difficult opponent she could get, you know, so. But your Fair pick on the night is obviously your Katie to win, Katie, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, Pete Taylor, thanks very much. Actually, Thank before you. I let you go, I just want to ask you about you. You have the co-main event fighter as well here, uh, Gary, Gary yeah, Cullins, yeah. Uh, bouncing around the audience here. He's going to be fight. He's on the fast track to a world title fight at this stage by the looks of things. Mm. Can you tell us anything about who, what his fight's going to be like on May the 20th? And also, just overall, how happy you are with his career yeah, development? Uh, Gary's flying. Yeah, he's flying. But we've, um, we're looking... We were looking for, I think Dada Foley was mentioned, but I, I think Foley's pulled out of the fight now. So um, then before that, we were asking for Cambosa uh, or Maxi Hughes. So it's hard to get f fights for Gary because six foot two southpaw, you know, and knocking everybody out. So it's, it's hard to get fights for him, you know. So I'll know more when we get when we get an opponent. You've got a bit of a thoroughbred on your hands, though. <laughs> yeah, thoroughbred's right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's great. He's flying here, so. Yeah. He's how does he keep uh, coming up with improvement I suppose it's a testament to his own dedication and how hard he works as well but he's got physical gifts he's got it seems like that he do, it seems like he does have the mental game that you need to have to uh, fight at the very top of boxing the, as well the bigger the occasion the bigger performance you get out of Gary uh, he thrives in he thrives in the big occasion you know so um, and I see he's never out of the gym there's some serious uh, heads at lightweight can he be a world champion among them? Most definitely, you know, and it's most difficult. He is the most difficult division at the moment, but Gary is up there. Can he live with Haney, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, yeah, Lomachenko, look, the likes of those? He fighters. needs another one or two fights, obviously, you know, and then he, then we're in there, you know, you know, if he goes and fights Cambosa, then he's living with him, isn't he? You know, because Cambosa was up there, was world champion, you know, so. Yeah. Well, look, thanks very much for joining us today, Pete Taylor. No problems. So there you have it. That was Pete Taylor. Um, speaking to me at the press conference to launch his daughter Katie Taylor's fight with Chantel Cameron in which yes Katie Taylor is in the, in the unusual position of being a challenger but she's looking to make history to become a two-weight undisputed world champion and um, yeah like we said earlier on Irish boxing is uh, is going well at the minute fights are coming thick and fast uh, big occasions so uh, yeah Simon you must are you excited you're going to get along to a couple of them well, I'm actually away. I'm away in, I'm away in Portugal for the the Quigley fight. So I'm actually raging about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna try to get there May twentieth. And uh, somebody else fighting May twentieth is uh, Dennis Hogan, and I believe we'll be chatting with him next week, Darren. Yeah, we will have Dennis Hogan on the show next week. Uh, very excited about seeing him fighting uh, in Ireland because, like Katie Taylor, he's fought his whole career abroad. You know, he's he's thirty six fights, twenty nine in Australia. He's fought in the USA. He's fought in Germany. He's fought in Mexico. He got robbed in Mexico. He's fought the best oh, of the was, best. That was daylight robbery. That was daylight yeah. robbery. Like Katie like, Taylor. Like, he, like yeah, absolute sickener. But you know what? He took it on the chin and uh, he made himself, he came back bigger and stronger. He did come back, you know, against even better fighters than Munguia. Lost them. But he just, he believes, you know, the guy, the guy, yeah, I was inspired after listening. I want to go out for a run or something like that. Myself and Dennis are in around the same age. Uh, and... You know, makes you want to put like a lick of paint on the on the rusty on the rusty on it. Like he's he's a force of nature. In fairness to him, he's had his fights all over the all over the world. 
and he is the epitome of a fighter who's taken the rocky road to the world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 